Okay, this is Devin Dots. There's a bunch of stuff I say here. I said it before. I don't want to remember it anymore. I'm Mike. And I'm Larry, and Scott's dead. So uh, today, <laughs> what we're going to talk about... Uh, no, Scott is not dead. He's uh, on vacation. Good for him. So he'll be back uh, hopefully next week. I don't, I don't remember when he's coming back. I don't either. Um, but he'll be back. So, um, so that's good. I've seen some pictures, actually, from his vacation. I saw some, too. They look nice. Looks like he's having a good time. Um, What I don't understand, though, this is just me thinking out loud here. Maybe it was just the best time he could go. This is when their schedule's lined up. But if you're going to a tropical island, which I think is where they are, wouldn't you go during the wintertime? Right? Might be more cost-effective. That's probably what it is. That's got to be what it is. Because I was thinking, like, like the, the weather here... In Philadelphia, the last week has been very good. Yeah, it's um, yeah, the it's best been weather nice. we've had. Um, I, I, I'm afraid that this is our spring now. Yeah, and it'll last a week, and then it'll go into 90. Or yeah, and it's going to be about 95, 95. degrees with 100 percent humidity, and then, um, you know, and then that that's our last year of that before the sun uh, engulfs us and we burn up. So uh, <laughs> that dovetails nicely into what I want to talk about today, which is the free market uh, and how it's kind of not meant for. Uh, 95% of the people on the planet and how we're all uh, kind of being hosed by it. And a lot of things have happened over the last just couple days, actually, um, which are really interesting. Um, so we just uh, uh, confirmed, if you want to call it that, a Supreme Court justice, uh, Neil Gorsuch, who is, to me, incredibly frightening. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was against the the nomination. I just want to talk about that for a second too, just the, the nomination process. So I was no fan of Merrick Garland. No, no, and and for probably mostly the same reasons, but not to the extreme no. that I fear Gorsuch. But you could have lived with with Garland it, exactly if <laughs> he probably would have been a swing vote. If you could go back in time and uh, tell me the other option is Gorsuch. Yeah. Garland looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then remember when we all had a laugh when everybody thought, oh, yeah, Trump's going to lose and Hillary's going to appoint a real liberal. Well, I never thought she was going to do that, by the way. No. I, um, there was the joke that she'd appoint Obama, which I thought would be funny, but I didn't think it would happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I want my uh, new Supreme Court justice to be tried for war crimes, though. So there's that. Yeah. Um, like like there, like anybody in any administration will ever be tried for war crimes? Yeah, I know. Basically, I think every president going back to Washington was a war criminal, more or less. That's how I look at it, um, with maybe a couple minor exceptions. Like the guy who died in a month, he probably didn't have time to, to do anything. William Henry Harrison? Yeah, yeah, William Henry Harrison. He didn't have time to do a whole lot. Um, so, I don't know. Even my guy, FDR, there, there are things there where I'm like, ah, Frank, you shouldn't have done that. But uh, I don't know. Well, to tone it down, you might come off too harsh on him. No, I know. I know. Uh, so, so the thing with Gorsuch is, um, is it Gorsuch? Is it Gorsuch? I don't know what the hell. I believe it's Gorsuch, but I'm not yeah, sure. I don't know. Gorsuch. It doesn't matter to me. Um, <clears throat> so I think that uh, the way the Republicans went about it is disgraceful. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it destroys the integrity of the Senate forever. Yeah. I, I don't care about the filibuster necessarily. That, no. that, to me, that's... I, you know, if it's not going to be, it probably shouldn't be there in some ways. You can make arguments on either side, um, but but the fact that they held it up for so long, and then they put this guy on. But there are a lot of people on our side of the aisle who are saying like, "Well, let them have this guy, and then next time we'll filibuster." And I thought, no, they're just not that. That's not 
an acceptable option. No. Fight this guy tooth and nail, first of all, because he's awful. Yeah. That, uh, if if you don't filibuster, why why have a 60-person vote at all? Right. But if, why? If you have the tool, use it. Yeah. Yeah. If they were just going to switch it back to 51, why why wait for... And make them do that. Exactly. Make that, them do it. That's what, that's what really killed me about... Uh, Mid Obama's presidency, when Democrats still had uh, less, like slightly less of a majority than they had previously, anytime the Republicans were like, "Well, we'll filibuster this," they just drop the fucking issue. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Uh, Mitch McConnell wants to filibuster his own bill. They just let him say, "Well, I oppose this," and then they drop the fucking yeah. bill. Right. And, and, and instead of making him stand up there and talk like a like a dumb little bitch. Yeah. And that was basically five years of the Obama presidency, if not more, you know? Yep. I mean, that's just what they did. They capitulated at every turn. Every turn. How many uh, positions did Obama not really get to fill? That we don't, you don't hear about it because they're not like cabinet-level positions necessarily. Right. But a lot of sub-cabinet-level positions are required Senate uh, approval. The uh, commissioner of Social Security never got approved because they just wouldn't hold a vote on her. Right. Um, how many times did they do that? Um, and, and now— this doesn't and I, I don't understand the people on our side of the aisle who say well let's just let's play strategically why the yeah the 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 strategy is you have lost yeah you continue to lose and every time you don't put up a fight the people who want you to put up a fight lose a little more faith in your ability to to stop what's what's happening absolutely right um i and that's what i keep looking at like why why should we play strategically? Why should we do any of this? Oppose every cabinet nominee because they're mm-hmm. all awful. They're all of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I know some people have said decent things about Mattis, and okay, right? For um, I, I, I'd prefer a Secretary of State to stay at a civilian position, but for who is nominating him, he is beyond the best choice. Right, and right. For, it, it, it could have been a lot worse. Oh yeah, the, yes, much. Um, but when, Much you look, worse. when you look at these, uh, like it could have been like the Jeff Sessions of the Defense Department. There was uh, he tried to nominate, I believe, for Secretary of the Army, the owner of the Florida Panthers. Oh yeah, some yeah, billionaire like that, who, yeah. who wasn't really actively in the army for decades, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so he could have been, I mean, Secretary of Defense, and oh, that would have been. So, yeah, I mean, so so then I remember people talking about how the Democrat strategy should have been just to fight Tom Price. I thought, well, that's valid, but but fight them all. Yeah, because Tom Price is as crooked as any of them. Tom Price is crooked. Devos is crooked. Yep. Uh, Tillerson, oh. Tillerson. I don't understand how you can look America in the face, saying you're going to be the America first president. You're going to put the middle class back on the map, and the f- person you put to the highest diplomatic and highest State Department position is a oil billionaire. Right. That it, it says so much about how little he gives a shit about how he presented himself. Right. And, and not only an oil billionaire, but an oil billionaire who received the order of friendship. Order of friendship from from Vladimir Putin himself. Yes. And, and I'm not trying I'm I'm we're not dovetailing into um all the Russia stuff. Um but but just to tell you kind of what we're dealing with here, not only does Russia have huge oil interests and natural gas interests and all that? 
But to nominate then a guy who's friendly with him when you consider Russia an adversary, I mean, none of this adds up to me. Well, uh, was it last week Sean Spicer referred to Russia as an ally? Yeah. Or yesterday, possibly? Yeah, and it's... it's these guys... Well, first of all, they can't get their story straight on anything. No. Um, well, Trump's son, and uh, I am going to dovetail into the Russia stuff because okay. I find it a little more interesting than you guys do. Sure. I'm pretending like Scott's here. Uh, <laughs> Scott's always here. But, know, no, but, but not too much. Eric Trump went on the record. He said... It, this the campaign against Syria more or less proves that the Trump administration is not a puppet of Russia. And is there anything more guilty of somebody saying yeah. what this is not? Well, this is one of the things we were kind of talking about before the show. Where uh, we were saying that if you rush to defend something or rush to attack something, you see it as a vulnerability or something you're afraid of. Yes, a- a- and there's usually guilt behind that. And that's what this is, right? Um, you know, Eric Trump comes out and says, "Oh no, no, no! This proves it." But, but, but does it really? When you told Russia about it first, you right? Know, you know, and you didn't tell Congress about it before you did it. There's so there's so many little things that do not add up right. when you hear the pieces all together. They launched fifty nine, I believe, Tomahawk yeah. missiles, and like, yeah. like one a minute or one a second whatever the the ratio was, and they bombed an airfield, which was operational, 12 hours later, Yeah, taking out seemingly nothing, low casualties, no... Not even the airfield was damaged. Right, sure, um, like no... Maybe sh- some airplanes? I think they said airplanes and maybe some ammunition, maybe but I haven't... airplanes? I haven't seen any pictures that would make it seem like those bombs actually landed someplace. So, so what, yeah, when they showed you the, the after pictures... I looked at it and went, it doesn't look like anything happened there. Yeah. It, it looks like what I would expect it to look like without a bombing. It, it, is, it is what I would expect a desert airfield to look like, and then it continues to look like a desert airfield. And, and my whole, now, now just to get on that, too, like my thing is, it, it, the media is letting us down here again. Absolutely. They, we're 83% of, and I, I saw this statistic on Twitter, I don't have a citation for it, but I could try to find it if anybody wants it. 83% of editorial boards, uh, major news outlets, that kind of thing, supported the airstrike. Of course they do. Now, to me, that's a that's a major issue because this is the same media that over a decade ago was taken in by false information about Iraq. Taken in is generous, I think, I, right, if anything. Right, right. They were complicit. But it's, it's, it's good for ratings for them. It, yeah. it keeps people interested. It, Nothing sells more advertising time than a war. And then if you go even... learn that in 91. Yeah. And then if you go even further, all of the major companies are owned by people who have military defense ties. It's not... Board of directors. All the, those relationships are very, very incestuous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're prominent throughout all major media. Yeah. And as soon as I read the news that this happened, immediately every single source that wasn't AP or Reuters put the spin on it as if this was a very good, very presidential and smart thing to do. He's president for the first time tonight. And it's like, well, well no, he's not. Like, yeah. I don't understand how launching $30 million worth of missiles, 50. $50 million worth of missiles at a target that you didn't do any damage to, it, it makes you presidential. That To me, that's cowardly. Yeah. Right? Isn't it cowardly to sit at your golf course... <laughs> Yeah, and say, eh, bomb those guys when you're when you're ten thousand miles away. I don't see any anything noble about that. Um, no, and and I don't think it's in the national defense or the national interest. It, it's not. Uh, 
what is the best case scenario out of all this? We sent a message? Yeah, the best case is scenario that, is, is that that's we... That's what they're saying. Is that we stop all other military engagements that aren't defeating Islamic terrorism? Yeah, I mean, I, none that's of this... None of it adds up to me. And I, I again, I, I'm so jaded when we talk about intelligence reports. Oh, yeah, as you and, should be. And, and things from overseas and, and, and foreign theaters that I look at it and say, well... I, I don't even know if they did the stuff they're accused of. I have no idea who did it. I, I, I wasn't there. I don't know. And that, that's the thing. It's not that I don't... And uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to, to degrade it. I'm not trying to say it didn't happen. I'm not trying to do any of that. No. But what I'm saying is I don't have a clear picture because that's not what we do anymore. We don't show clear pictures of these things. Very much. And it's not that Assad isn't capable of doing this, and it's not that they didn't have chemical weapons in the first place. No, if Assad felt he was desperate enough, he would do it. Right. I, I, don't, I don't deny that. Right. But why now? Why? Why when the major uh, front is done for him, ISIS is going to start being the late Al Qaeda two thousand seven model, where they just kind of disperse and do yeah. random attacks. But they're not going to have they're not going to have a government anymore. They're not going to be they're not going to be controlling swaths of territory like they were. No. And and that's been that way since Obama was still in office. It's been that way since last summer. They've been slowly receding and slowly receding. So why do all of this now? Right. Um, none of it. I, none of it makes sense for me. No. Right. Um, and again, I'm not trying to push a conspiracy theory or anything. Maybe he me did neither. it. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Um, but I I look at it and say, well. Um, something happened. Fine. We don't necessarily have to go guns ablazing. As soon as we find out about it, to, to, again, punch him in the nose? Is that what we did? I don't know what we did. Um, and I don't know why we did it. How impressed would you have been if any president had said, I'm going to wait for a UN impact report. I'm going to call on our, on our allies to, to investigate this with us because we don't want to rush into anything unilaterally and et cetera, et cetera. And it, it's not tough. It's not difficult to get the West into a frenzy to fight. That's not... Uh, it's, it's been our MOs for 200 years. Right? You just um, you, you need a CEO who wants a stock boost a little bit, and yeah. then you can just send a whole bunch of fucking people to kill a bunch of other fucking people. And it's easy to gin up. It, oh, so easy. People, you know, like, like America has this intrinsic bloodlust yeah. um, for some reason that I've never understood, um, more so than any other country in the world. I, most countries in the world, I'll say. I'd, I'd, um, I'd say modern countries, but you get modern countries. Sure, sure. And I think that goes to us being the last true superpower. And you know, okay. as that as okay. we as we go into those heady, waneful days of looking back at when we were a superpower, it, this is this is uh, this is the unraveling of it, right? Uh, I, I, we worst case scenario. We once again go booth on the ground. We're when we talk about what, what it means to be a superpower, I don't even know what that means anymore. It, the econ- I, I, I don't know what winning a war means. Western I don't, I don't economic hegemony is just done... If the last successful war was Bosnia, right? I mean, we talk about success. Uh, Maybe. We, we had a mission. We went in with a coalition. We completed that mission that was targeted, and then... And everybody hated it, and that's why we didn't do other things in other places that could have used it. Yep. Uh, like in Africa. Yeah. Um... But I, yeah, I mean, I don't know what any of this means anymore. Like, like I mean, I, I have an opinion about, I think it's all stupid and we shouldn't be fooling around with this right now. 
But at the same time, um, I don't know what, what if, if Trump even has an end game here. I don't know if he knows what they're doing. Because you hear so many different things. Secretary of Defense says one thing. State says another. Spokesman says something else. And Trump's like, yeah, well, we're just going to do what, what they say. Uh, yeah. I, I don't get any of it. <clears throat> but that also ties to, um, I think you would mention it, Raytheon stock going up after the bombing. Yep. Of course um, it did. Once again, um, munitions and um, the tools of war are driving economic uh, uh, policy and, and global policy in a lot of ways, right? People made a lot of money off that. A lot of money. Um, and and don't think that that was not a calculation in this. Um, somebody somewhere said $50 million, that's, that's pretty good. That's a good start. You know, and imagine what we're going to do when this thing gets rolling. Um, I but I, and now we're sending um, carrier group to the South China Sea that, to uh, ostensibly to look at North Korea. There were reports, and I don't know if they were verified because Chinese state media said they have no i they did not know of this. But allegedly, China moved 150,000 troops to their border to prevent refugees in large scales. And if you're if you're China, why wouldn't you do that right now? Yeah, um, but what does China think is going to happen? Well, it's a good. I, I think they're 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 covering all their bases right now. But and again, I'm not a foreign policy guy. I'm more I, domestic policy is more my thing. I get it. Um, but but I can look at this through the lens of what's best for for domestic policy in our country, and it's not any of this. Um, it's not the saber rattling because it. And and again, North Korea. What are the victory conditions? If, if if we're going to start shit with this country, what does it look like where we can say this is what the objective was? Well, and, and this is my whole thing with North Korea too. Like, if you try, and this is very hard to do, but if you try to put yourself in Kim Jong Un's shoes, um, he doesn't want any of this. He needs to act like he has an enemy in order to keep his power. Yeah. Right. Because if he doesn't have some kind of somebody knocking on the door that he's protecting and i'm using quotes here to protect protect his people from well then he's got nothing so we're the best target for that yep. right yeah and so that's why he builds these stupid missiles that don't work that's why he he's making arms deals with loser countries that can't back him up that's why he does all this stuff it's not about him really wanting to take over the world it's about him just trying to keep what he has no no and revolutionary juche ran out of steam in the mid i don't know 80s when that first famine hit it wasn't the first famine. It was just the worst no, famine but it in their the history. Worst one they had, yeah. yeah, and it, it it hasn't recovered. And they understand that. So you would think the idea of moving to a transitional state would have been more appealing to this regime. Yeah, well, they, 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 I think, and again, again, I'm not an expert on this, but just re, I find North Korea interesting. Though. It is. Oh, it's fascinating. Um, when you look back to the last fifty years, they they put themselves in this spot and it, it, they can't get out of it. There will never be reunification, in my opinion. Uh, because the South won't want it. If you're the South, do you want to get back with North Korea? Your economy is going to tank. Um, you're going to have to deal with repatriating and and really like like. And I don't want to use the word reeducation because that's, that's such a terrible connotation. But you have to like readapt these people to like real life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, if I'm South Korea, I'm sitting there thinking, no, we don't want this. From uh, from what I understand, and this is just me reading. Uh, people from Korea who uh, write online. Uh, I think this question was actually posted today. Most of them feel uh, like a pity of, like a pitiful, more than aggressive feeling towards sure. South Korea or towards North Korea yeah. because in elementary school they're taught more 
empathy and how to and why they deserve pity and how poor they are and how uh, little they have and that's what we should be teaching in our schools you know empathy that would be something um no and i, I respect that i do, I too. do respect that but, but I, I agree with you it, it's I, a it's a yeah. it's a tough sell but even people like there were people a lot of people in korea lived during uh the sure. the single korea yeah and they have, you know, family members still in the North that they might remember from their 50 years ago or so. 60? God. Yeah. 60 it, years. Yeah, yeah. It's going back. Um, my grandfather was in the Korean War. So was mine. Um, in the Navy, though, in the Atlantic fleet. So he was in Italy the whole time. Mine was in the Army, and he got a Purple Heart because he was asleep, and he got shot in the ass. Or so the legend goes. Hey, if you're going to get shots, that's the way to do oh, it. Asleep and in the ass. Yeah, that's how I would want it. Um... <laughs> I'd be the worst soldier ever, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'd be dead on day one, basically. <laughs> You'd be like a Hacksaw Ridge, except you get shot. No, yeah, no. I'd be like, I don't really want to carry a gun, Sergeant. Uh, no, you have to. Well, I'm not going to do that. And then they'd put me out there. I'd be dead. Um, there's the old Woody Allen joke. In the event of war, I'm a hostage. Like, I'm, I'm not, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't see the end game to any of this. Military saber rattling. None you know? of it makes sense to me. Um, and, I, and I don't believe there is a unified theory here. And at least in the Bush years, and, and I'm not saying that was any great time, but at least you understood. You knew what they were doing. Exactly. Yes. These guys, I don't think know what they're doing. They don't. And and, and that's, that's just as bad. America first turns out not to be real policy. Who would have thunk it? Well, and, and that's even what you want to call it. it. It's not America first. It's it's our rich buddies first. But, th- but that's not how it's sold, of course. Right. Uh, and nobody seems to understand that right now. Uh, and that's that's the same thing with Gorsuch, right? Yeah, Gorsuch is a very pro business judge, beyond the pale pro business, right? Like like even like past what, um, like guys like Scalia would be saying. I think he's to the right of Scalia on some of these issues. Um, and, and the one thing, although I can't think of a time Scalia voted against the interest of a big business, besides that one case that Gorsuch uh, wrote the. The wrote the dissent for yeah, um, that might be the only time I could think of too. That's literally the only and the fact that even Scalia was like, well, that's an insane yeah. You can't put your life at risk because a company wants you to. And and that's the thing I want to talk about. Um, how is it that any person with any common sense and I, and I'm not a lawyer and I don't have all the particulars, but I've read about that case, read as much as I could about because I wanted to know what I was talking about. Um, how is it that you could side with a company over a guy who might have died? And if for anybody who doesn't know, the story is uh, a guy was a truck driver, uh, big rig truck driver, and uh, the the on the trailer the the brakes froze, so he pulled over, and he called in and said, "There's a problem," um, and they said, "You have to stay with the truck." Now his truck, the heater was not working, I guess, um, and they said, "No, you have to stay." So he left for ten minutes to get a cup of coffee, came back, and they fired him for that. Yep. Um, how do you side with a company that's asking someone to risk their life? Risk their life because the guy fell asleep; his, his limbs were numb. Um, there, and even if he wasn't, even if he didn't die, there could have been major, major issues, external, internal. You know, hypothermia, yeah. whatever. Um, how can you side with a company over a human being in that situation? Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that that companies have certain rights. I'm not denying that, but not that. For I, God's sakes. I can't disagree with that. Um, how do we 
how do you do that? And, and they kept bringing that up. Like, Al Franken hammered him with it. I was very impressed with Al Franken. The I fact that too. he repeatedly would not let him go. He wasn't asking yeah. for his judicial opinion. He wasn't asking. He was saying, as a human being, you're in that guy's place. What do you do? Right. And it makes me think that when he was judging this case, he didn't take that into consideration. He didn't take into consideration that if he was in the spot, what would he do as a human right. being? Right. Um, and I think that, I think, again, a theme of the show is turning into empathy. Um, <laughs> you have to have that empathy in that situation. I th- Supreme Court judges should be empathetic towards right. individuals over right. corporations when it comes to a life or death matter. Right. I'm not saying every lawsuit should ha- end up in the way of the, the civilian and corporations should be taken to task, although I'm sure if Scott was here, he'd be rattling on about the end of capitalism and all. But until we have the end of capitalism, we have to, we have to deal with the constraints of it. Right. The idea that you could see another human being and look them in the eye and say, listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't have wanted to live. I'm just saying you deserve to get fired and lose your paycheck because you could have died. So legally, you have a right to live, just not on company time. (laughs) It's basically what we're talking about here. God, that sounds almost familiar. Yeah, and and that's kind of what that was. That's that's exactly what it was. And the idea that the Supreme Court, a Supreme Court that in my lifetime, I've can remember very few unanimous decisions no. voted on that unanimously against a corporation. And this is a Supreme Court that has been extremely pro-business. If anything, to, an, to, to a fault beyond fault, they are pro-business. And they agreed unanimously that his position was wrong. Yeah. And then for the senators, even Republican senators there... Party line is one thing. If they were smart and saw the writing on the wall, they might have uh, did a little bit more grandstanding. But even Republicans there, they, they should have taken that into mind. If if the most right-wing, if the most pro-business Supreme Court thinks this guy's position on a life-or-death matter is in is just incompatible right. with modern life, why, why would you vote for this guy? And I look at it and say, if you're a Republican... Who voted for him? And a couple Democrats, by the way, who I don't really consider Democrats. Manchin and uh, McCaskill and... and uh, no, uh, uh, North Dakota. Oh, right, right, You right. know who I'm talking about. Heidi Heitkamp. Yeah. Yes. Um, if, if you're one of these people, I think you have to answer the question, why is it okay uh, for a guy to die in a truck? Why are you okay with that? And I think you need to be, you need to be able to answer that question. Even I don't understand what law he was judging it off of that would have... That would have allowed that. Makes no sense. Um, and I remember, I, like I said, I, I've heard a bunch of stuff about this, and I don't see, again, I don't have a trained mind like that, but I, I don't see how any of that makes sense. Um, and that's, that's one of the things we're dealing with here. Um, it's what it, at the best case scenario, it's uh, Teddy Roosevelt described the problem with America is that there's legalese obfuscating the intent of the law. Yeah. And... That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is he saw a business and he thought, well, that business deserves more power than this dumb fuck trucker. Yeah. And and, and that's what it's all about for these guys. Exactly. You know, there are a lot of Republicans behind closed doors saying, yeah, well, that, that's good. That's good for us. That's good for our people who back us and get yeah. us here. Well, they'll give us money. They, they know we're on their side. Yeah. And speaking of businesses, 
that are uh, fucking over people. <laughs> United! Timestamp yesterday? Uh, yeah, so, so as we're doing the show, a lot of interesting things happened uh, in the last two days, um, which is why we kind of threw this theme together of like corporate greed, you know, and free market stuff. So United um, has this, and if you don't, everybody knows about this by now, but I'll just briefly, guys on a plane, United has, it's a full plane, United has four people that they need to send somewhere, four employees. Yes. And they decide they want to take four people off the plane. Uh, to do After this. they loaded everybody After onto the plane. After they loaded everybody on the plane. And the people, they offer them incentive, but nobody wants to do it. So then they pick four people at random. And the one guy they pick... He's uh, a doctor. He's a doctor. He doesn't want to go. And they basically literally drag him off the plane. He, he's bloody. He, he, they, they obviously hit him some yeah. in some capacity. Yeah. They, th- he looks like... when he. Did you see the video of him running back? Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, it looks like he has a concussion when he runs back. It, doesn't, it looks Something like he's very dazed. It, it's... The, the, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's amazing. And again, that's another sign of, of corporatism, yeah. in my opinion. Um, that corporate entities... We'll have their goon squads come on, and if even paying customers, if they don't like what you're doing, or if they want something better out of you, they'll take you off. They'll 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 take their product back. They'll do whatever they have to do, and they can justify it. Yep, um, for themselves at least. Now, one of the things that I, I wasn't sure about, and, and before the show, you had corrected me on this, was that I thought they did have some kind of recourse. To ask somebody to leave the plane in that event, if it's overbooked, but it's, it's not overbooked, overbooked because the four employees are in standby. Okay, so so they really had no, uh, they had uh, no recourse for reserve seating. Yes, no, and, and and they decided to do this, and and this is one of the nice things though, the free market versus uh, the Vox Populi, where people are are filming it. It goes on social media. When when they saw those cameras in their fucking faces, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they just think maybe it's not? the best move for us to do this so i was thinking about that too like who's in charge of that whole operation is it a steward is it a uh is it somebody from the airline i, don't I, know. I assume Take it's agent? i assume it's somebody in the office within the terminal who's a manager of these yeah. situations so they get uh the airport police i believe involved in this some type of security yeah who are I the pinkertons are, pretty much yeah right <laughs> well i believe we're also affiliated with the chicago pd mm-hmm and again, this is Rahm Emanuel Chicago we're talking about, so anything goes. Um, that's another guy. We should do a whole show on him one day. Just call it the piece of shit show? Yeah, because um, he, he's the worst from way back. I actually have a personal story about him that one day I'll, I'll share. There you um, go. It, it's a bad story, by the way, but um, no surprises. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so basically in capitalism, you can pay for something legally, have it taken from you, be beaten, <laughs> and then we're told, eh, that's how it works. The, the, I don't see a lot of Republicans rushing to this guy's defense. The response from the CEO was pretty pretty on point. He was disruptive. The guy was disruptive. He was causing trouble. Eh, we did what we had to do. What, you, I've heard stories about people who get into arguments with uh, flight attendants and... Uh, Which I don't understand why you would do, by the way. It makes no sense. Yeah, and you know, it's all, it, there's a lot of hearsay involved, but blah, blah, blah. They get the local police or they get the air marshal to kick them off, and then these people complain, and then nothing really happens. This is something I don't think it's going to be able to go away as quickly as they want it to. Well, they, they lost $900 million at least. 
so, on their value today. So that's the one good thing about the free market sometimes. Yes. Is that when there can have, be a swift punishment when you have something negative like this. But again, that shows how, how fraudulent the free market really is. Mm. That kind of stuff happens. It's all a shell game. None of that's money's an illusion. That's my whole theory. Um, the economy's fake. It's rigged. Forget about it. But the nice thing is, every once in a while, the rules of the game are turned against the people who, who run the game, and it sticks them in the face. Yep. And that's kind of what happened here. Um, now, my belief is we'll never, ever see anything like this again, because how could you? How If every airline in the country is sending out, sending out a memo right now saying, we're not doing this anymore. They should all be fired and no, shut down. They're still going to overbook. They're still going to. That they'll do, but they're not going to. They're not going to try to not take bring people. Headlock to get you out of there. I don't know. I, I I thought, I thought so much about so many of these situations. I thought now that everybody's filming these cops right. with camera phones. No, that's another. That's going to fucking stop. Like yeah. it's finally going to. Like people are going to see somebody has their phone out. They're going to assume there's a data plan uploading something, and that shit's going to get knocked off. And here we are. Well, and that's the other thing, too. The Republican response, a lot of them uh, had said things like, well, you know, it looks bad, but we don't know the details. Well, I don't know how many more details you need. And again, do you, I'm, do you need more details in a video of, like, two rows over of this happening? Yeah. Because even um, if the guy was, like, screaming, I don't want to go, that's absolutely his right to scream, I don't yeah. want to go. And, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know how much more you need on this. Um, and, and again, I think that, uh, that reaction is symbolic of this free market mentality where it's like, eh, that's the free market. That's how it goes sometimes. Every once in a while, somebody gets punched in the mouth, and it's like, well, no. Use your dollar somewhere else. Yeah, and we don't, we don't need regulation to, to fix these things. Um, and that, to me, makes no sense. None. Um, which brings you to another thing. Um, we were talking a little bit about this before the show, how uh, they're dumping coal ash into rivers now, and that's free market populism at work. Um Pretty much Trump's only accomplishment at this point is right. getting those types of bills through. And right th- right when uh, – earlier today I saw something that uh, one of the pipelines that they're uh, using our people, our National Guard, to harass Native Americans on their own land burst today. Of course it did. Because something went wrong and uh, there's uh, oil everywhere. But um, – so there you go. That That's what our free market is doing right now to people. Well, actually I had a dinner – uh, a friend invited me and my wife over for dinner, and it's very, uh, it was really good. He makes his own tempeh, which is like a, a meat substitute made with beans and fungus, and you mm-hmm. ferment it and stuff. It was, it was really good. He has a roommate, and the roommate, uh, for some reason, started talking about pipelines mm-hmm. and how there's he said he mentioned something. There's one trying to go through Delaware County now. The, yeah, the Me Too. The uh, yeah, what is that called? The Something Star or Morning Star? I, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And he was talking about how there's not really opposition for it, which you know was number one, completely false. Yeah. And, and it's not like I don't like this kid. I've met him a few times. Uh, he's he's nice. He just doesn't have all the information in front of him. Well, no. The, he was very informed. He was compl- He was uh-huh. saying you know pipelines already exist all over the country and they do. And they leak a lot. It, that that and for everything he said, there was a simple counterpoint that he was compl- uh, completely missing to the point that like he's a very intelligent person. And I was like, why is this going? And he's like, well, at the end of it, uh, he was like, nobody's against it. There's people against it. I'm against it. I'm against it. And I was you like, still live there. Yeah. And I uh, I said. 
there's uh, no real incentive for them to be good stewards of the land. Private ownership there typically isn't. is... Ter- t- 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 pri- private ownership is one thing, but private ownership that is meant to uh, increase capital is always an indicator of a bad a bad stewardship of always land. Always going to cut corners. Always. Always. Fracking, there's methane leaks all over. In Dimmick, Pennsylvania, they still can't get water. That's almost a decade now. There's all these real issues that come with pipelines. Leaks, uh, water table uh, seepage, just the idea that uh, even if a, a leak doesn't get into the water table, you still have to deal with the ecological fallout. There's a there. fallout, yeah, and, and, and it, it could take years to fix that. And then, you know, we're talking, and finally it comes out that he has stock in natural gas. <sighs> My main point is the infrastructure exists now, and it might not be the most efficient, and it might not be the best, but we're at a point where we're moving away from this. Adding more pipelines, putting more capital into these, only incentivizes these companies to act in a worse way. Right. <laughs> we have a cat trying to uh, mess up our thing here. Bear with me. You it's a, for a second. It's a beautiful okay. cat. She's a lovely cat. All right, Dave. All right. Well, you're She's very friendly, too. She's the most friendliest cat ever. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry about that. Um, okay. But, yeah, so, I mean, when, when you... If you have skin in the game, you're going to try to justify anything. Right. You know? uh, Upton Sinclair has that. It's a tough to, difficult to teach a man uh, something that goes against the salary. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that, that's one of the big things of what we're talking about today. But I do want to, I want to point something out here really quick. Uh, there's a tie-in with the Native American land thing and the National Guard going out there and something that happened literally hours before we started today, this podcast. Sean Spicer, White House mouthpiece, got up there today and said that uh, there were no um, uh, chemical weapons used during World War II by Hitler, basically saying that Assad is not as bad as Hitler, or uh, uh, Hitler wasn't as bad as Assad because he didn't use these weapons. Well, except for the Holocaust, that's... Yeah, quickly pointed out to him, and rightfully so, by the White House press. But it's not even something that he caught. It wasn't something that he was mid-sentence, and he wasn't like, well, of course, the civilians. It was about five minutes later when somebody said, hey, really quick about that, do you remember that? And and he stumbled so bad, he he called them Holocaust centers. He got that red face just... Couldn't call them concentration camps, called them Holocaust centers. (laughs) Which... Um, Which speaks to a very larger uh, issue within that White House that we'll talk about another time. But what I want to point out is... The, the, he was trying to do two things. First of all, he was trying to make Assad worse than, than he... Well, Assad's very bad. I understand it. But he, 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 that's the first step of making the case that Assad's as bad as Hitler, and we have to do something about it, because we did before... Okay, and that aside, again, is part of the saber-rattling we've been arguing about the whole time that we think is, is bad. But it's also, um, I think, uh, very wrong-headed and, and, and uh, very duplicitous in a way. Because the implication there is the use of chemicals, chemical weapons against anybody is bad. When we do it all the time. And my point with that is we had these protesters on, on their own land. <laughs> and we sent the National Guard with, with pepper spray. And things. And I know that's not the same thing. It's not sarin gas. It's not, but it's still... It's a chemical agent. It's a chemical agent we used against American citizens. We also do things in, in um, like Wyoming and, and places like that where we build these little chemical bombs that are filled with, uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, but if you trip it, it's for animal control. It releases a, a concentrated burst of poison that kills the animals. And a kid found one the other day, and it went off in his face. He lived, but his dog died. 
And it's like, all right, so, so we use these things ourselves. And, and, and we have this, um, we, we pretend like these things are, are just reserved for the bad guys. Now, I know it's not the same thing, and I don't want people to say, oh, well, you're comparing. No, I'm not comparing us to Assad. I'm not comparing us to anybody else. I'm just saying I think it's disingenuous sometimes for us to make these claims when we've been doing lesser things, but things that are similar nonetheless, in my opinion. Right. I mean, Assad used chemical weapons in 2013 to a much larger scale. Right. Uh, and... And we use and through way. and through up till last week, Donald Trump. Yeah, you know we need to stay out of Syria. Syria, Syria. If we go in, it's because Obama's numbers are tanking. Mm-hmm. We should be. It, it'll be a quagmire, et cetera, et cetera. And now that those beautiful babies are uh, are there, yeah. the, the, the can I uh, to to derail a little bit? His use of superlatives has to be the dumbest thing about this presidency i think he watched swingers before, before <laughs> it's a beautiful started. baby yeah i think that's what it was like it, it it kills me he uses superlatives as a way to cover up the fact that he's not a good reader and he lost his place on the page and i'm pretty sure of that because you can tell when he like gets to a line and he has to like oh no yeah. babies uh beautiful babies but that being said you know, there. How many bombs have dropped on these beautiful babies up from his presidency till this week? The push into Raqqa, the push into the the smaller ISIS held areas, and even more so the the non ISIS affiliated um, quote unquote moderate rebel groups. Not even Syria. But let's talk about Yemen. Oh well, Yemen let's is talk a, about Iraq. But, you know, Yemen has a pretense. Be or I'm sorry, Syria has a pretense behind it that people can get behind. Yeah. I, I Yemen was just a complete fuck up. That murdered an American citizen, a, a eight-year-old girl, yeah. and I understand her father was a piece of shit, and that is and that is undoubted. But the idea that we could have a raid go so badly, and if this was under Clinton, if this was under Obama, it would be the, it would be bigger than Benghazi. Yep. Yeah. And and now we're so many other crazy things have happened. That it just got pushed back, back. yeah. You know, um, but I will say this: uh, when we talk about chemical weapons, we use chemical weapons during Vietnam with napalm and, and Agent Orange. Orange. I mean, we did this stuff. Like, you can't tell me we're. It, I, you know, it's interesting that napalm is fine to use on human beings, mm-hmm. but a gas that asphyxiates them very quickly isn't. It, it's uh, it's a very interesting distinction. And now we're horrified by it. When you know, I, I, I don't get it. We should be horrified by napalm. The, we should be horrified by everything, and now we we seem to have this selective memory. I think about about what this stuff is, and you know, I don't know. Um, what is the best case scenario you think for Syria? I've been trying to figure this out. I don't have an answer. Right. Um, I keep thinking that you know, one part of me says Assad has to get out of there. We got to get we. I'm not saying we have to get rid of him, but he's got to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there isn't the international will right now to do this. No. Um, and without that, I don't think we go it alone. Uh, the Russians don't want us to, don't want anybody in there. I used to think we'd go it alone. Uh, we wouldn't go it alone, but now I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's entirely plausible that we accidentally start two wars maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. One with Syria and one with North Korea. Like I could see that happening. Um, but I. Because you just don't know what these knuckleheads are going to do because they have no plan. They just, oh, well, 
our ships over there, uh, shoot a missile into North Korea just to bust up whatever they got. And then all of a sudden we got a problem with China. There's all kinds of problems. Um, I, I don't know what the best case scenario for Syria is. I don't know what it is. I, I, I have deep sympathy for the people over there. The fact that <laughs> the these are the people specifically pointed out in a ban oh, I know. For, I mean, for refugees. And here, here's the thing. I'm left. I... I understand that compared to the average American, I am even economically and socially left. I completely get that. But the vetting system was already very robust. It's it's they they pretend it like so restrictive, right? It, they they pretended it was this thing that you know these people are just walking in from Al Qaeda terrorist grounds and and coming to Ellis Island and being and being sent to Middle America, which was not the case. No, no. Well, I mean, they were being sent to Middle America in a lot of places, but they were families. They were people who who had gone through enough hardship already, and then we we turned them away, said, you know, go fuck yourselves or whatever. Good luck finding someplace else. And and, and we're. You know, and, and that's the narrative, the American first thing. They can they can sort of file everything into that. They can put everything into that box. Yeah. yeah that's why we're doing it. Yep. Uh, they justify the strike by saying, well, because we have to show them that we wouldn't, you know, tolerate chemical attacks. All right. Still, you have no coherent strategy. None of it makes sense. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the end is. All right. That, well, I, I've thought about this since the conflict broke out six years ago now. Yeah. My God. And it doesn't seem like that long. No, it really doesn't. It, because our involvement has been so limited, and it's just been... And then our focus was taken away from the fact that there's a real civil war to the idea that there is a Islamic caliphate that was popping up that was much worse than anything, much less, uh, much more destabilizing than anything that was currently in position. And, and that's part of... You brought up a good point. Um, that caliphate began largely... Out of what we did in Iraq. Yep, the Bath Party. The Bath Party. When we reorganized the Bathists, which was the biggest mistake we made. Worst, the, the single worst mistake in American foreign policy of all time. Yeah. Because even, even day-to-day Nazis kept their jobs. Right. The Bathists were willing and had incentive to work with us. Um, those guys wanted to stay alive. They didn't want to be driven underground. Nope. And, and they knew how things worked over there. Yep. So we could have, like... I'm not saying they're great people, but I'm saying. Like, but to to purge to purge the bureaucrats, the pencil pushers, the day to day people, you lose a lot of institutional knowledge immediately. And then they have nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. And what do they do? They well, that's that's how ISIS starts. They collect together and they form their own militia, and that militia becomes one of the hottest tickets in town. And they move into Syria, thinking they can gain territory, which they do. They glom on to moderate rebels. Yeah. You know, moderate being the 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 quotation marks moderate, uh, and they're provided weapons by us. When Donald Trump pointed out that they're the creators of ISIS, and it's like, well, they're not the creators of ISIS. George W. George W. Bush absolutely was, but they unintentional they unintendedly gave them weapons. Yeah, that that's that's not even so. When he said that, and people were like, oh, look how look how this guy's talking. It's like, well, he's not that far off from the truth. We right. did give them weapons. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the thing. When you have desperate people in desperate, desperate circumstances, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And they have nothing to lose. No. That's the problem. What is it, like uh, eight or ten years ago it came out that if you wanted to join Al-Qaeda, they had a pension plan, they had benefits, they had, 
It was like an actual like. Well, Hamas had hospitals and schools, and they were providing jobs, and they weren't as restrictive as the West was led to believe. And what you found out is that more than anything else will will fix. Yeah, that fixes their problems, and it gets people's loyalty. I guess "fix" is the wrong word, but help. But it helps them, right? And, yeah. And it, 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 that's the reason these guys were so strong, right? It's not because people day to day most Palestinians wanted a new caliphate or wanted the the shia uh, militia to rise up and they want iran to be the new persian empire right. they wanted a job they wanted to eat they wanted to send their kids to school and feel fucking safe that's what they needed that's what everybody in the that's what everybody in the world outside of this bell curve of sociopaths and bell curve of people with like legitimate mental issues that's what most people want they want that that uh hierarchy of needs yeah. maslow's hierarchy they just want the, the base one satisfied, and then they want to have the hope to reach to the, the upper ones. You almost wish that all the people making these decisions had taken Psych 101 in college. So that they right? Learned that, yeah. You know? All right, well, we didn't solve anything today. Didn't we? Um, we just we pointed fingers at the problems. Um, basically, the scumbags are running everything, is what it comes down to. That's why you, the listener, dear listener, you sexy, sexy person. Okay. <laughs> That's why you need to get involved. Yeah, get out there and, and do something. <laughs> and uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to have more conversation about um, things that are happening and things that you can do wherever you are that require basically like one person in one hour of time, and there are things you can do that will make a difference. Yes. And we'll be talking about that stuff as we go. So uh, that's the show. Scott will be back, I think, next week. Um, and if he's not, well, we'll figure something out. I kind of hope he listens to it and just fucking blasts us online. That would be good. Just comes at us. That would be good. All right. Bye. Bye.